We should keep all this in. <laughs> what? We should keep this in. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Get off my back, woman. Hello, we're back. She's Morgan Baden. I'm Barry Liga. This is Writing in Real Life, a podcast about marriage, parenthood, publishing, and writing. And uh, I got to get something off my chest. Oh, okay. To start with, one of the things we talk about is parenthood, like I just said. Yeah. In case anybody has forgotten from 10 seconds ago, sometimes that means talking about very distasteful things. And I'm afraid I need to do that. Oh, I need I don't to un- want you to do this. I need to unburden myself. Look, we got to be honest with the people. The people <laughs> need to understand, okay? We can't pretty things up for them. So, babies, some of you may know, poop. This happens, unfortunately. And I think one of the biggest shocks for me as a father so far <laughs> has been that moment where, you know, at first the poop is baby poop. It's, it's almost not even It's poop. almost not even poop. It's just basically like milk that has just been through some sort of processor <laughs> you know it almost it almost looks and smells the same i can see our stats declining dropping i know i know i know but then you unsubscribe. start unsubscribe <laughs> unsubscribe but then you start to feed the baby real food and formula and things like that and the poop becomes human poop yeah like and suddenly you realize I'm just wiping somebody else's butt. Right. And it stops being this cute thing of, look, the baby pooped. Oh, I wiped the baby and I get rid of the diaper. And it's like, oh, and it's just disgusting. And I just had to get that off my chest. I mean, okay. I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> okay. Okay. I do it like three times no, a day I was usually. I say, you know, during the weekdays, you do it more than I do it, of course. Yeah. But. It was just, it was just. A, a, a realization for yeah. me that oh like this is like this is actual poop now this is this is it's it's a good sign it's we're moving forward she's growing and maturing and everything yeah. but it's just weird it is that's weird. all but you know what i do want to say just on the subject of diapers there's a sentence i never thought i would say seriously um pre having the baby it felt like changing diapers was going to be this huge thing that we had to do oh, all the I time. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I agree, yeah. But, like, by day three of having a baby, yeah. you do not give a crap about diapers. No, no pun intended. Um, because it's just so not a big deal. Yeah, like yeah. I, I have to say, I mean, I made a lot of jokes before... The baby was born about how much I didn't want to change diapers, about how, you know, I was going to potty train her in the crib. Right, you know, yeah. I made a lot of those sorts of jokes. They were half jokes because yeah, I really yeah. was dreading. Yeah. You know, I knew I was going to have to do it. I wasn't going to try to avoid it, but yeah. I was really dreading it. And honestly, like I, you say three days in, like, honestly, in the hospital, I uh, like after I changed like my second diaper and, you know, nobody shows you how to do no, it. You no. just do it. Yeah. After I changed my second diaper, I was like, whatever, yeah. I'm over it now. Yeah. Like it, it really doesn't bother me until again, suddenly there's this change and you realize, oh, oh. this is actually a human being that I'm yeah. tending to. Here. I mean, it's the real food. It's the real food it, yeah. that does it yeah, anyway. now, now that she's eating real food. Anyway, so that's all. Do you feel you, better? I feel better now. Mm. I feel better now that I've taken that it's out of my head. You, so I'm glad. It is. Now that I've taken <laughs> that out of my head and put it into the heads of everybody listening, I feel a lot better. Okay. So, big thing I want to talk about right now. Yeah. Last week on this podcast, on uh-huh. this very podcast, you were... Uh, Hi. You I were, had a little hissy fit. Well, you know, to, to use the word that you used last week, you you were a bit salty. <laughs> you were 
Which I always found it interesting that you use the word salty for something bad when you when love, love salty salt. food. Yeah. I don't understand that. It's very strange. It's the paradox that is Morgan. But <laughs> you were a bit salty. You were not a happy camper. You were, I, I, don't, I don't know if despondent is the right word, but, you, but, but let's use it anyway. Let's say you were despondent. You were not happy. You were, you were not happy with the progress on your book yeah. or, more importantly, the lack thereof. Uh-huh. You were very upset with not having time to work. Yeah. You were, you, you were in a state. Yeah. So how are you doing now? I'm doing great. <laughs> Look at that. And obviously you raised this because it is all thanks to you. That I'm doing no, great. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, no, no. But seriously, I, I appreciated the real talk last week because I think you, I think there was a part of you that was like, suck it up. And I needed to I would that. never say that. <laughs> no, but uh, you know, that change of perspective yeah. from, well, I only have 20 minutes, so I'm not going to bother writing. I can't get anything done to, yes, I have 20 minutes. Let right. me go do this. Has truly been beneficial to me this week. Yeah. I mean, you've worked pretty much every day this week, I think. Uh, I, it, feels, it feels like it. I mean, well, I, I feel like you've spent at least 10 minutes a night messing around with something. Yeah. I mean, I had, you know, I had one night where I did like an hour, yeah. which was awesome. Yeah. Um, the exciting part is that... A, my attitude has changed, so that has made all the difference. Right. Um, B, I actually finished a chapter that had been bothering me and I'd been stuck stuck in for a while. That can help when you it get really past helps. that. It's like a milestone. I even wrote a new chapter. Whoa! That wasn't there before that suddenly Whoa, I realized wait, it wait, to be there. wait, wait, wait. You made words? I did. You, and you combined them into sentences and paragraphs? <laughs> and now I've moved on and I'm really excited. Like all day today, I've been like, yes, tonight I'm going to go work. Yes. And instead we're podcasting. I know. Thanks, because you made me. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, honestly, though, I think that really shows how, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I I sort of reach this level of frustration, and then I have to let it all out, and I'm like angry, and then I'm over it, and I'm good. Right. And that's how I feel right now. Sometimes you have to get to that point where you sort of... this is a loaded term, but I think you'll know what I mean. You, you sort of have to break down. Yeah. You know, you just yeah. sort of have to get to the point of, of despair. Yeah. And then you can sort of start to rebuild, start to climb out of the hole. You know, it's interesting. We had a comment on the site from Megan. Mm-hmm. I encourage everybody to go read it. I'll put it in the show notes. Saying, talking a lot about how she's been struggling with the book of hers. She's a mother to two kids. And, and she had some really nice things to say about. Sort of in the same vein of... Finding the time that you can and using it to the best of your ability. Yeah. She talked about, you know, writing things out longhand and yeah, which editing them later. Yeah, talk about for a second. Yeah, sure. Let's talk um, about that. I know some writers who write longhand either exclusively or occasionally. Yeah. Um, Stephen King allegedly really? has written several of his novels longhand. Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's really interesting. I've sort of lost that... Sc- I'm not alone, but I feel like I've lost the skill of actually physically writing yeah. anyway. Um, even sometimes, at, like, at work, if I have to write something on paper... It looks terrible, and if I try and concentrate and make it look nice, it, it takes forever, and I can't do it. Like it's, it's yeah. this funny. I like the disconnect. There's now a disconnect between my my brain and my hand when I'm yeah. writing long oh, form yeah. versus typing. But but I totally agree with her um, that it can be incredibly helpful, and I do this occasionally with with work projects where if I've been staring at the screen too long and I feel like I'm stuck um, and it all feels cloudy, I'll print it out and hand edit and hand rewrite and find my find my way in that way which is really great right. but so i wanted to say thank you megan for that comment um i like that idea she says that she writes longhand or was writing longhand 
at night for about 20 or 30 minutes uh, and then typing that up the next morning and lightly editing as she goes. Right. And then the story stays fresh with you. And, yeah. you know, so I like that idea. You know, there is a, I don't know if it's right to call it a theory because I don't know if it's, I don't know if this is proven science or not, but there's this idea, let's call it an idea, that when you write longhand, it actually improves your ability to write because the logical side of your brain is very focused on getting the letters right. Okay, because that's its job okay. is to structure, is to build the letters, okay. and so it disengages from the creative process. It oh. and that and it acts as a governor on your creative process, that logical side of your brain. It's telling you, no, that's stupid. Don't do that. It's oh, overanalyzing cool. and overthinking, right? And so it allows your creative mind to just take over and go crazy because there's no governor on it anymore. Right, there's yeah. no break on it anymore because the logical side of your brain is so busy going in order to make an a make one stroke like this and one stroke like this and one stroke like this i think that's really interesting i like you i i really can't work longhand for a number of reasons one of which is as you know my handwriting is completely Uh, illegible yeah no matter whether i'm writing in cursive or printing it's completely illegible oh is there a difference for you (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what you call that (laughs) uh but but even even when I can read it, the problem I've noticed is that my it's too slow. Yeah, it's way I am so much faster on a keyboard. But I think that's what's interesting is that maybe that's incredibly beneficial for some things. Yeah, I don't know. I, I get very frustrated if I have to slow down. Like if I happen to be in a situation where my only option to take notes on something is to pull out a pen and a piece of paper and to write it down. I get incredibly frustrated with how slow it is. And there are times where I'm so busy focusing on what it is I'm writing down, I forget the next thing I yeah, wanted to do. And then I get really pissed because yeah. I'm like, if I was at a keyboard, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah, I'd be yeah. done by now and I would have gotten everything down. Yeah. So I know. Anyway, yeah. but I but I also wanted to add with Megan's comment, and sure. I, I encourage everyone to go read it because I thought it was really great. Um, she mentions the parenting thing and uh, reiterates that things get better. Sure. And as your baby grows, you get more time and things get back to a a different sort of normal, but normal nonetheless. And I think that's, I appreciate hearing that. I know it's true. It's obviously been true so far. Leia is just about eight months old. Um, and my gosh, our life is so much different now oh, than it was yeah. even oh. three months ago. Yeah, I mean, even 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 a few months ago when we had gotten to the point where we'd sleep trained her. Yeah, like things have tra- changed yeah. so much. Yeah, so so yes, it's it's great. Things yeah. get better. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thanks, Megan. Thank you so much, Megan. And yeah, everybody, I'll put that link in the show notes. Check it out. So, speaking of how your book is going, yeah, and how books are going in general, I want to talk about. Something you mentioned to me earlier yeah. when you were walking in the park, an experience you had. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. T- t- talk about well, that a little bit. Well, first of all, it was funny because um, the reason I was taking a walk in the park is, A, because I enjoy the park and I enjoy walking. But, B, Leia decided she did not want to take her second nap today. Right. And I thought, fine, I'm going to pack you up and we're just going to go enjoy the day. So uh, I did that. And, of course, because she is our girl, 10 minutes into our walk, she fell asleep, which was perfect. So I... You kept just walking, walked, yeah. walking and walking. It was gorgeous out. And I was heading home and there were two 20 something women behind me. And then they sort of passed me because I was going a little bit slower. And, um, I ended up eavesdropping because I heard the one woman say to the other, so how's the book going? And of course my ears, <laughs> you hear book and you I go, know, what? Uh-huh. Excuse me? So, um, so I heard the other woman say, Uh, you know, oh, I'm really stuck in this chapter and, um, you know, just explaining what's going on. 
And it suddenly hit me. Yeah. Oh my God. No one ever asks me about my book anymore. (laughs) 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 Because I've been working on it for literally years. Yeah. (laughs) So it was this weird moment of like, oh, that's nice. Like her friend is asking her, how's her book? Right. Um, And then I was like, oh man, I honestly do not know. Other than this podcast, like when is the last time someone asked me how my book is going? Right. And that's because it's not... It's been years. Do you think... Why do you think that is? Do you think it's just that people have decided that you've given up? Or do you think people have decided that it's a sore subject and they shouldn't bring it up? Maybe maybe I'll... Maybe both. Maybe both. Yeah. Or... And I would add a third option to that. People have decided, like, oh, she's a mom now and she works and she doesn't... Maybe she just doesn't have time. And if she's got something to tell me about it, she will. Yeah. Or it's not a priority. So, I don't know. Whatever. Right. Um, but it was just really, it was funny. Like I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm not this like 26 year old working on my book Yeah. and all my friends are asking me about it. Like, no, I'm a decade older than that. And, and I don't know. It was just, this, nobody, yeah. Nobody's asking. Nobody's asking. I have yeah. a career. I have a kid. I have right. a life and you know, it was funny. I ask. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I know. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. That's why yeah. I married you. <laughs> you asked me Because I cared book. about your book. <laughs> That's why I married you. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, though, I mean, it was funny, you know, to to digress from him because this is a podcast about marriage, too. But early in our dating life, you know, you when we first met and started dating, you hadn't read anything of mine. Right. And then and then the time came where you sat down to read some stuff of mine. And I can remember thinking, I like her a lot, but if she doesn't like my books, I think this is over. <laughs> not because not because I'm that egotistical or no, that fragile, right. but because like, how can you be with like that? Yeah. That's what I do. That's what I am. And yeah. if, if if you didn't like that, what would be the point? Well, but I felt like that when I gave you a book to read, one of my manuscripts yeah. to read, yeah. and I was like, well, we're, we're already what am I going to do? Then. No, <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, and I, I was very nervous, too. I know, because, and I remember you saying, yeah. thank God it was good, because yeah, yeah. that would have been... That would have sucked. Yeah. Like, if, I, I don't know what I would have done if it had sucked. <laughs> I re- thank you thank you for making it not suck, so I didn't have to worry about that, because that that would have been really uh, distressful if, if that had happened. So anyway... Um, okay, so I want to talk a little bit... We, we talked two weeks ago, and also last week, a little bit about The Leap. And I want to talk now about another L word, a four-letter L word, the lull, which is this really dangerous time that I think a lot of authors don't talk about. And I think, I think particularly people who want to get books published, yeah, for example, you should know about it. Who me? Yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> um, should know. People should know about this. The lull is. I, I got this term from my first editor, who brought it up to me and said the lull is deadly, and she mm. was right. The lull is this period of time. And you don't think of this happening because movies and TV shows about writers never show you this. But it's this period of time where the book is basically done. The publisher doesn't need anything from you. There's nothing for you to do. Yeah. But it's still months before it comes out. Yeah. And you just sit there. Yeah. And there's there's nothing for you to do. And all you can do is imagine horrible things happening. Well, all you can do is start working on something else. Well, and yeah, you yeah. have to. I mean, that that's that's how you... Spoiler alert. You... you grabbed what I was going to say later. Oh, yeah, sorry. that's okay. 
but and, and that's the solution. But it's a very dangerous time for authors. I mean, for, with my first book, this was the time during which I called my editor and said, can we not publish this book because it's terrible? Wow. Can we publish the next one instead? Uh, and she said, no, Barry, it's a fine book. Don't worry. <laughs> but that's how bad it can get because all you know you just sit there and you're like for a while there you're doing revisions back and forth and copy yeah. edits and marketing ideas well, and are coming through it feels very immediate it right? feels very immediate yeah. and everybody's calling you and you're meeting people and talking to people and it's great and everything is wonderful yeah. and 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 then one day it just stops yeah. and then one day you realize it's been weeks since i heard from anybody yeah. from the publisher and you're like did they forget about me? right did they forget about and to make it worse to make it worse it would be easy if i could sit here and say to you you're being paranoid they didn't forget about you but there are documented cases where the publisher has forgotten right. yeah. where i mean you know i know of cases where for example the publisher forgot to put the book in the catalog oh my god yeah Ugh. and you're just screwed in that case yeah so it can have so it doesn't happen often. Yeah. It doesn't. But the fact that it can happen means that during that lull, of course, we're authors. We assume the worst. Yeah. You're going to assume all this stuff is happening to you and that your career is over yeah. and, you know, some yeah. intern forgot to put your book in or whatever. It's a really rough time. It's a very yeah. difficult time. And like you said, you know, the best solution to it is just dive right into another book. Yeah. Because that will at least keep you occupied. You'll still think about. <laughs> what's yeah. not happening, but at least, at least you'll be able to, to work on something else and keep yourself occupied. So can I say that when you first told me earlier today that you wanted to talk about the lull in this episode, I thought the lull was something else. Yeah. I thought the lull was after your book comes out and sort of how there's this flurry of activity in the days leading up to the release. Right. And then it's book release day and everyone's tweeting, it's your book birthday and, you know, you're spreading the word to everyone you know and maybe you have a book launch party. And then, like, two weeks later... Yeah. There's nothing going on. Right. Um, I thought that was the lull. But <laughs> no. And that feels like... like that, that feels like a very hard time to do. That, that's the letdown. That's what, yeah, it is. <laughs> because, yeah. honestly, lull implies that, that things were happening yeah. and then they're going to happen again. You know, if when your book comes out... And then two weeks later, nobody's talking about it anymore. That's the a, odds of yeah. you getting a second bite at the apple are real right. slim. Yeah. Sometimes when the paperback comes out, you can get another shot. Uh, obviously, if some kind of movie comes out of nowhere, yeah. you get another shot. You know, I got lucky with Boy Toy uh, a year and a half after Boy Toy came out. The New York Times decided to review it. Yeah. I don't know why. A, a year, year and a half? year and a half, so man. Weird. year and a half. I have no idea why. You know that uh, there's a Twitter account called The Times is on it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> this parody account about how the New York Times reports on trends when they're like three years when old. When they're three years old. Like last summer, the Times had a, a trend report about um, high buns in women. Like I remember that. Buns. I remember that. And it was like, uh, <laughs> like that's been happening forever. Literally yeah. forever. Women yeah. have been doing it with their hair. So anyway, um, so that does not surprise me because <laughs> the times is on it when it comes. To I books. mean, it was helpful. I, you yeah, know, I mean, yeah. we definitely saw you know sales briefly perk up yeah. as a result. Uh, you know, with uh, with I Hunt Killers a year after the first book came out, the second book hit the Times bestseller list, mm -hmm. and that was great. But for the most part, you know, somebody once said that the natural state of a book is out of print. Oh, you know, I, like all, I mean, I hate all, it, but I like yeah, that. No, yeah. I mean, all, all books eventually go out of print. Yeah. You know, it just, it just depends how long does it take. Yeah, yeah. And a, sad to say, you know, something like, I think this is the statistic, you know, 50,000 new books a year. I was just going to ask Most of them, yeah. Most of them aren't going to do well. Well, and this is the thing is, like, I feel really sad when I think of that because... 
I work in children's publishing, as we all know. Sure. I obviously write and read YA. There are YA books that come out that I've never heard of before either their launch day or like months or even years later when I just stumble across a, a mention of it. Right. And it will sound intriguing and I'll read it and it's a it'll be a wonderful book and I'll think, why was no one talking about this? Right. Like and the answer is partly because there are just so many books published. Yes, there's so many books. And it's publishers it's have limited resources. Yeah. They can only focus on one, maybe two books a season yeah. that they can really put shepherd out all yeah. of their, you know, what's the saying? Put all the wood in, the, in that arrow. Uh, I don't know that saying. It's, all the eggs in that basket. It's sort of a saying. I, I may have mangled it, but there's something about wood and arrows. Okay. Anyway. So. Katniss? <laughs> who <laughs> what so yeah it, it, it's depressing it is yeah. depressing that there are by necessity yeah well i don't know if necessity yeah, is the right I word but, either, but, but by by design let's say there are a lot of wonderful books that get absolutely zero promotion yeah. when they come out and it's a shame and and also and also what makes it, what's even sadder, I think, is that there are books that come out oh. that nobody cares about. They come out because the publisher was yeah. like, "Oh, we should have a book about werewolves." Yeah. So let's publish this book, but they don't care. Yeah. They just, and I feel so bad because somebody probably broke their heart writing that yeah. book. Yeah. And nobody cares. Yeah. No one cares, and no one's ever going to care. Yeah. And it's just sad. It is sad. So yeah, but that. That's the letdown. We're like bringing down the room right We now. really are. We should talk about poop again. <laughs> so anyway, the lull, the letdown. You know, the, the, there is another kind of lull, though. And, and you know, Tom Petty was a wise man. Well, we he, all know that. When he said the waiting is the hardest part. Because it is. Because in publishing, you wait a lot. And yep. in addition to the lull, there are just always these periods of waiting. Like I'm in one right now. Yeah. Uh, a week ago, week or so ago, I sent my agent my new book. Mm-hmm. And now you're waiting to hear from her. Now I'm waiting to hear from her. Yeah. yeah. And I'm and I'm waiting. And you know, depending purely on what her schedule is and what else she's got going on, mm-hmm. sometimes she reads a book overnight and gets back to me. Yeah. Sometimes it can take much longer. And you know. She has other clients. She has other books she has to read, and she has to be fair about how she does it. Yeah. So she can't just be putting me at the top of the pile for no reason. Yeah, you know, there's no, there's nothing emergent about this book. There's, there's nothing that says, hey, you got to read this right away. So it's just one of those things where I have no idea when I'll hear from her. And in the meantime, I'm just sort of sitting here twiddling my thumbs. Yeah. And it's interesting because I always make the the mistake of thinking that you're above caring about this kind of stuff. I wow. That you, know, the, the, you would think I'm above caring about well, anything. You know, I think any established writer, sure. I make the mistake of thinking like they've, they've got it made. They have their career. Like yeah. they don't worry about this kind of stuff or right. it doesn't bother them or whatever. Right. Have um, you met me? Well, that's the thing is like, you know, you mentioned the other day, like you out of the blue, you were like, my agent still hasn't read this book. Yeah. And I could see it in your eyes that like it was bothering you. Let's qualify this. Yeah. Because I don't want it to sound like I'm pissed at her right. no, that's not or what I mean. annoyed. But yeah. you're clearly I, anxious. Right, I'm to anxious. Hear her I reaction. I am anxious to hear her reaction. The sooner it happens the better because then I can stop being anxious. Yeah. You know, the the logical reasonable side of me understands it's probably going to take a few weeks. Yeah. You know, she's got up things to do. Uh-huh. Um 
and that's fine. But yeah, I mean, I, I am extraordinarily impatient. As soon as I finish writing a book, I want to push a button and people are reading it. Yeah. And yes, I know I can self-publish and that could happen. And I did that. And that was a lot of fun. But this book is not going to be self-published. Yeah. So my agent needs to read it. And yeah, I, you know, in an ideal world, I would be her only client and yeah. she would read it overnight and get back to me right away. Yeah. You know, the waiting is the hardest part. Yeah, and I'm just saying it's always, it always goes back to, for me, this idea that I think aspiring writers think that uh, established writers don't worry about these things. Right. Um, But really, all writers are worrying about a lot of the same things, no matter what stage of their career. Not only that, but you, you, there are things once you're established that you stop worrying about, but there are new things things. that you do worry about, Mm -hmm. you know? I think we've talked before about... You know, once you've published a book or two, you have a track record yep. and you live up to that or you live down to it. Whereas when you're new and breaking in, you're a shiny new penny and anything can happen. Yeah. And publishers, they love the word debut. They love that word yeah. because anything is possible. Whereas somebody with a track record, they sort of have an idea. Okay. Oh, this is a Barry Liga book. This will mm-hmm. sell roughly this amount. We'll do X, Y, and Z. And these things will happen as a result. And they know Yeah, there's nothing new. There's no surprise there. Morgan Baden yeah. sends them a book and it's like, she's brand new. Yeah. She's brand new. She's a little puppy. We can train <laughs> her to do anything. Anything can happen, you know? Which is why I think too, it's really important for aspiring writers to basically to pick the right book to make their debut. Yeah. And, I would agree with that. I, w- I would agree. Yeah. That's a really good point. You know, think about it. You know, a lot of times I think you write your first book and you're like, this has got to be the yeah. one. Take some time and think about it. Make sure that that makes sense. Because you've probably got 20 other books you want to write. Yeah. And maybe this first book is good enough to get published, but not good enough to get noticed. Yeah. And And that's how I feel about my last manuscript. The the one one that got me my agent. And we went on submission. And... People said nice things. People said really nice things. But it wasn't... Yeah. It wasn't there. Now, I'm like, oh my God, I'm really glad. Even if I had gotten a, a deal... I'm really glad that I didn't basically yeah. because I think that's not what I wanted my debut to be. Yeah. So. It might, it, you know, and you can overcome a, a, yeah. a, a difficult debut, yeah. but it's easier not to worry about, about it in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to, uh, I just want to drop a little commercial in here okay. real quick if I can. And uh, Leftovers Season 2 is going to be starting soon. Yeah. And there was an amazing teaser trailer for it. There was. And I'm going to put it in the show notes, and people should watch it. Well, we had, you know, we had a nice podcast conversation many moons ago about The Leftovers. Yes. And um, the translation of the book to the series. Right. uh, And what they did well. And And how they would do more series, because they seem to have wrapped up the book book in the first, yeah, in the first season. So, so it is relevant. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's relevant. I just, I'm so excited about it. Yeah. I'm so thrilled. And I just want everybody to watch this thing so it gets more and more seasons and just gets better and better. Yeah. So. Hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> exactly. So let's, uh, let's talk recommended reading or what are you reading now? <gasps> okay. Yeah. I got really excited when you just said that. I know you did. You like clutched your pearls and you're not even wearing any pearls. <laughs> um, I am reading the new Judy Bloom book. Oh, yes. In the unlikely event. And that's what it's called. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's so good. Good. And I have to say, it's one of those things where, you know, obviously most of Judy's books are children's books. Right. We mentioned a few weeks ago, I think, Summer Sisters, which I read every summer. Which was her last adult book. Yeah. So it's been like 
It's decades. been like, yeah, like, well, yeah, probably. Yeah, literally. Almost yeah. 20 years. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so I started reading this and I realized, oh, like this is how she writes adult books. Like, right. it, because it's very similarly structured to Summer Sisters okay. um, and it's multiple narrators and, you know, on and on. And I thought it's, it takes place in New Jersey, which is Judy's from New Jersey. And so am I. So that's exciting. And it's, it's like your sister. Basically, we're summer sisters. So basically, <laughs> um, anyway, but I, I will admit it took me a couple of chapters to, to get into the book. Okay. Um, there's a lot of characters and you're hopping between them pretty quickly. And sometimes that's a turnoff for me just because it, it makes me work too hard when I'm reading. <laughs> Full disclosure. Uh, anyway, it is so good, and I'm not done yet, and it's phenomenal. And I actually dreamed about it last night. Wow. So, like, the book worked its way into my subconscious. That's in, a good book. Dreams. Yeah, so That's anyway, a good book. I, I highly recommend it. Clearly. Yeah. It'll, it'll give you dreams, listeners. Uh-huh. It'll give you dreams. How about you? I'm going to, uh, this is going to be a little strange because this isn't technically a book, but it is uh, book length. So I think it qualifies, uh, Bloomberg business week, the week that we are recording and I'll put a link to this in the show notes, took its entire issue for the week and devoted it to a single story called what is code written by a guy named Paul Ford, who uh, lives in Brooklyn where we are. So go figure. And It's really interesting. It is a discussion of just what it sounds like. What is code? What is software? What is programming? From the point of view of a guy who programs, but also clearly was a liberal arts major. So he is able to speak to to a a casual reader about this. this. It's really good. If you understand math and programming at all, uh, it's got a lot of interesting stuff in there. If you don't, you can skim certain parts, but there's a story he's telling oh, cool. about about what is code. And I've said before on the show, I'll say it again, this is the foundation of the world we live in yeah. and will be the foundation of the world we live in for the rest of our lives. And it really behooves us to have at least a basic understanding of it. And he, I think this guy did a hero's job because he made this vastly more accessible than anybody I've seen do in sort of a long form, yeah. you know, and it's something like 38,000 words. Wow. So it's, you know, the length of a, of a short novel. Yeah. And he starts off with sort of this story of a VP at a company being told by IT guys that they have to rebuild the website from scratch. Okay. And the VP clearly like does not understand any of the words they're saying and then walks you through like, why is this so complicated? Yeah. And then steps you through sort of the history of programming and the nature of programming and the nature of code and why it's so complicated and crazy and does it really need to be and yeah. it's it's really oh, and again okay. there's going to be things you're going to want to skip um if you read the hard copy i'm sure it's interesting i read it online and it has little interactive features where oh, you can neat. play around with code in the in the uh in the interactive uh, website so i'll put a link to that in the show notes great people should definitely read that it's it's really enlightening great so there you go what is code so Thank you all so much. That is it for us for this week. Please visit us online at writinginreallife.com. Follow us on Twitter at WIRL Podcast. Tweet at us, retweet us, whatever. Uh, Rate us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. We love that. It makes us feel happy and you want us to be happy. Uh, Thank you all so much. We had a great time. We'll see you again next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye.